Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Live back at Deep River. Uh, we have one more show after this show here. This is Drinking Bros Sports tailgate legend show where we tailgate with legends here here we are with a legend right now we are uh we have a really big show today but before i introduce the cast and the crew chef buhawk what are you cooking today so uh i made a meat rub because i like rubbing meat um and i rubbed uh, 11 pounds of pork belly for today and um i'm gonna make some cowboy crack pork belly burnt ends uh, I made Is a, that a little foreshadowing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. cowboy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, I ended up making a barbecue sauce, and we can talk about the specifics later, but I used uh, Deep Rivers, I think it's called Bad Barista Vanilla Latte Ale. Okay. I reduced it down and did some sexy things with it, and then we're going to make some smashed potato latkes. Wow, that's another cowboy dish. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, right now we should probably spill the beans on who the guest is today. We have Robert Jones, linebacker from the Dallas Cowboys, Super Bowl champion, father of five, six? Six. Six. Wow. And man. newly. Granddaughter. Granddaughter. Lena. Born yesterday. Congratulations. Yeah. New Year's Eve. Wait. She's born New Year's Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas yeah. Eve. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, Not Christmas New Year's Eve. Eve. So I'm already thinking I'm like a new year, but yeah. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Not New Year's Eve, but yeah, Christmas Eve. Congratulations. Amazing. Uh, we also have Boston Joe with us. Boston Joe's our sports nerd. I like to call uh, he him did BJ. so good. He started out as an intern, came on the show for a sports minute. The fans loved him. And so we have him here, which helps Joe and I out a lot because we don't know a lot about sports. I just like calling him BJ. And I do like calling him BJ, old Bastin Joe. Uh, Mr. Jones, man, uh, it means a lot that you would come out the day after Christmas to come and hang out with us and tailgate with us going into this weekend. I know we have a game tonight. We do, man. What game are we watching tonight? Watching the Raiders. I don't even know. I think they're playing the Dolphins, right? Yeah. Yeah. All all I do is keep up with who my son's playing. I mean, yeah. who my son, you know, what, what day they playing. That's it. Now, do you have a hard time keeping up? Because all your kids are involved in professional <laughs> no, sports. I, I, or keep, I keep up with all of them. Tr- uh, trust me, man. Even the girls. I mean, if I don't keep up with the girls' schedule, I will hear it. Yeah, is yeah, that? Is, I mean, is that? Do you have like somebody that just plans all that out for you? Because I think I having, feel like you need like a planner. Yeah, because no, everybody. That's, that's why I got to keep my phone charged <laughs> with that giant battery right there. Every, Dewalt. Everybody. Yeah, I got a Dewalt. Sponsor us, Deval. Go ahead. (laughs) I got everybody's schedule, what everybody's doing. We all keep each other's location, you know, so. Because Zay plays for the Raiders. Yes. And then uh, send me down the list. I know Caleb's playing. Where is he at, Ray? Free agent? No. Caleb is probably done playing. He's done. Yeah, he's probably done because it's it's too many years. But um, he used to be with Minnesota, so Caleb is done. Zay is with the Raiders. My youngest son's with NC State, and they have a bowl game What's, next week. What's his name, uh, Levi? Levi. Levi, yeah, that's yeah. my son's name. Is it? Yeah, I was doing some research on it, yeah. The tax collector. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, so Levi's at NC State. He's at NC State, well, yeah, and they play in the Gator Bowl next week, so I'm excited about it. Go Wolfpack. You know, I don't know if we're going to get to see that or not. But, yeah. I mean, are you missing a lot of games because of COVID? Or are you having to stay missing home a lot of them? games? Missing a lot of games. But I mean, you just say like, "I'm Robert Jones. I can come out if I want." No, I don't. I don't do that, man. Nah. You know, um, but, it seems like they would. But let the honestly, parents, you know, though. I'm like a homebody. I like to stay home okay. and 
you know, I got a big television, so I like watching it. I can go to the bathroom when I want. Yeah. I got my food. Yeah. I got everything right there. I don't know, some people like going to the games, you know. Sure, sure. I like just chilling at the house. Do you ever tailgate at the games? I tailgate. Wait, have you ever been back to Dallas for a tailgate? I've been to Dallas for a tailgate. Yes, I have. What, who's your, what's your favorite yeah, place to tailgate? Yeah, I was going to gonna ask him that, man, because you've been with a number of teams and all over the nation, yeah. man. No, I've, I've, been to, I've been to Dallas to tailgate. Um, they actually had a little deal in the parking lot right outside the stadium. Um, they had a bunch of guys that come up and do appearances, and, and um, it was actually one of my first tailgates because I was, I was kind of bitter when I left the NFL, meaning okay. I couldn't play no more, so – you know, I was um, just kind of sad and depressed, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you still want to play. Right. And then they built that nice new stadium. They tore down <laughs> Texas Stadium and, you know, you do that right after I'm gone and I'm <laughs> done with my NFL career. And then, you know, say, hey, come on up. We got a bunch of stuff going on. You get to go sit in Jerry Jones suite during the game. And I'm like, I don't want to sit in the suite, but if you guys are going to pay us some money to come up and sign some autographs, I'd do that. And when I came up, we sat in the parking lot, man, we got – you know, we got, we got drunk. No, oh, you did. <laughs> sideways? Yeah, we're, you guys get a little hey, sideways, huh? We're we about got, getting shitty on this we podcast. We got drunk, so. and then we went into uh, Jerry Jones's uh, suite and, and just enjoyed it. So I loved it, man. So after that, then it's, it, it was on. So I wanted to tailgate now any chance I could. So are you saying that you had a party with, uh, with Jones? With, uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry wasn't in there. No. I think it was, uh, you know, he owned the stadium, so he sure, probably sure. had an extra room and said, just call it Jerry Jones Suite. <laughs> they, they think it's special. So he, was, he wasn't in there. Have you ever seen him get lit? Oh, I've seen Jerry. That's what happened. When Jerry and Jimmy got lit the night they split up. Okay. Yeah, they, they got lit. <laughs> That's, that was the problem. The alcohol was the problem. That, that was the problem. That was the problem. That was the problem. Yeah, that that was the problem. Yeah, we had just beaten Buffalo, second Super Bowl. And Jimmy's saying it's my team. Jerry's saying it's my team. Jimmy's saying my team. Jerry's saying my team. And next thing you know, Jerry exercised his power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whose team, team do you think it belonged to? Who did it belong to? Yeah, in your opinion. Who it was, should have it belonged to? It was, it was Jimmy's team. Jerry was the yeah, owner, but it yeah. was Jimmy built yeah. the team. Yeah, you, got, you can only have one leader, one king. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boston Joe, what do you think about all that? Well, you, I'm, I'm, curious, that? I'm curious about how that was as a player. I mean, you obviously have a lot of su- success with Jimmy Johnson. Then all yep. of a sudden, Jerry steps in and, and kind of plays God. And then as a player, how, he, how do you adapt to a new coach after you just won it? You know, that's, that's a big change, and especially if you believed in Jimmy. For, for me, it, it wasn't you, – you're forced to adapt because they're paying you money. You know what I mean? So yeah. it shouldn't be about the money. But um, what, what are you going to do, just quit because you got another coach in there? Mm-hmm. So nobody's going to do that. Did you like Barry Switzer? I thought Barry was cool. Barry, See, the thing that Barry did when he came in, um, he's like, you guys just won two Super Bowls, so why change anything? So he didn't change anything. He didn't change coordinators. Whoever Smart wanted to move. leave, they left. Um, you know, what coaches wanted to stay, they stayed. So Barry was kind of like this more – hands off, allowed people to do what they needed to do, and then he would step in and correct. Um, actually, you know, for me, I was in North Carolina. I was back here, you know, getting ready to enroll in school because I thought that I was going to get traded. It was Jimmy and I were just button heads, man. So Barry called me on the phone. He says, hey, he said, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm getting ready to go to school. He said, you need to get your ass back here. 
we got a seasoning going. You, you, you're a great middle linebacker. So that just fueled me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So Fired you up. Yeah, it got me ready to go back. And, and after that, I'm like, man, this, I, I could do it with this guy. This, this is pretty cool. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I ended up right back with Jimmy Johnson, if y'all follow my <laughs> Right back in, in Miami. Miami, Miami, Miami right? right? Right back with Jimmy Johnson, so. But, I mean, did you, did you choose to go back there with Jimmy because you guys had a relationship in the past, or were you trying to avoid that and it just happened that you ended up back in Miami? I think what happened is is that, um, you know, as a young player, when you come in, I think when Jimmy, when Jimmy Johnson drafts you, you know, he, he drafts great players. He drafts them on their intelligence, you know, the work ethic in the weight room, you know, how smart you are. Believe it or not, I was an honor roll student at East Carolina. So he, dra- he drafts you on, you know, intelligence, um, um, the weight room, you know, and your work ethic. I saw leadership popping up in, in my research on you and also with team players on that team. Is, is that like a thing that they recruit? They want leaders playing for them? I think that's any job you want. You want guys that, that want to be leaders. Um, but I think with, with Jimmy, to answer your question, um, you know, our second encounter, you know, he called me on the phone and I'm, I'm getting ready to go to a wedding. I'm about to fly to St. Louis and, went, and then my phone rang. That time, we still had the phones on the wall. Y'all remember that? <laughs> yeah. The phones on the wall? And um, it was Coach Johnson. He's like, look, I want to bring you to Miami. I don't want to run you, none of that. I know what you can do. Forget all the combine stuff, you know. But, you know, um, when I sign you, you can't talk about anything that happened in Dallas. So I said, okay. You know, that was easy enough. So, you know, I didn't know exactly what he was talking about, but I'm like, I go play for Miami. So that's how we ended up. So I don't think it was ever my my ability to play with Coach Johnson. It was more that mentally being ready to play. Yeah, I got you. That's awesome, man. Uh, Joe, I know that you're cooking today. What what do you got going on over there? Is is the grill fired up? So, yeah. So uh, when I was, we always do research prior to having a big guest on and, Man, you had so many great locations for me to pick from. And uh, I, I went with Dallas because I wanted to roll some smoke and use a smoker. <laughs> so um, I rolled some smoke yesterday um, for about six, eight hours. Um, Christmas cooking, you know, I had some stuff going on with my family. And the main reason I got the smoker going was for the pork belly. Um, and I chose Dallas because, man, who, who the fuck doesn't love to smoke meat? I mean, right. you know, right. just make, make as many jokes as you guys want to. Sick, <laughs> yeah. sick fucks. Listen, nobody smokes more uh, meat than uh, Boston Joey over here. Yeah. So. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, what I ended up doing, you want to get in, into the nitty gritty on the cooking? Yeah, why not? Where so, did you get the pork belly at? So uh, It's been hard to I got, find lately. I, I got it from a, a local market. And um, it's funny, when I went up to the, uh, the case and, you know, the butcher helps you, I said, let yep. me get 11 pounds of pork belly. He was like what? (laughs) Like I literally cleared out the whole display case. Um, and I ended up making a meat rub and it's like deep, low, smoky Texan flavors. Uh, I used some, uh, cafe Bustelo coffee, cinnamon, nutmeg, paprika, black pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, chipotle powder, uh, and some brown sugar. So your traditional, you know, Texan style rub. Um, and then with our wonderful sponsor, Deep River Brewing, I ended up, um, we've been drinking all this fabulous beer while we're podcasting here, right? Yeah. So um, 
the other night I got home and I'm like, I'm stressing because you know we did back to back film back back shoots and I'm like man what am I gonna do let me have a beer this will help me relax so I pop open their bad barista um, I think I got a picture of that and all. Uh, and I'm like, shit, this is delicious. This would be a great barbecue sauce. I'm cooking Dallas food. Yeah. So uh, I reduced down uh, 32 ounces of the Bad Barista Ale, and it's got like really cool like chocolatey vanilla coffee notes to it. And that's, what I, that's how I decided to make the, um, the meat rub. Um, didn't call anything glorious, no clever names, just straight up meat rub. So um, I reduced that down, and then uh, I smoked the uh, 11 pounds of pork belly on... Um, Applewood. Applewood kind of has like a sweet um, element. I really like fruit woods a lot. I like it better when I'm cooking on a grill. Um, and what kind I of grill did you use today? I mean, did you use like a standard charcoal grill? Pellets? We have a beautiful picture of uh, my, what my wife calls my girlfriend. She complains that I treat it better than her. I see it up on the screen over there. So that's Joel. It's an Oklahoma Joe's. Go ahead and sponsor us, guys. Um, so uh, it's an Oklahoma Joe's grill, and I uh, did some modifications to it. And I asked my daughter, I said, you know, we got to name this thing. It's majestic. And she said, let's name it Joel because your name's Joe. Yeah. So we, we rolled with it. Um, and uh, I did an indirect heat um, off to the side and used uh, primarily just applewood as the, uh, I created my own coals. I started with a natural charcoal and then went straight to applewood the whole way through. And I did a three, two, one method. So when, if, if any of our listeners or, or viewers or any of you out there know anything about smoking, you do a three, two, one method, which means three hours on the heat. Uh, it ranges, you know, 275 to 325 degrees. And then uh, after the three hours are up, you wrap it or you change the way. Um, so I ended up wrapping it in foil for a little bit for two hours. And then for one hour, I, I came off the heat um, and let it rest. Um, and the reason that I like to do that for tailgating is when you tailgate, we were talking about with you, you, you know, you like to get shitty sometimes. So yeah. um, I wanted to, you know, cook ahead of time so I can come and tailgate with a legend. So that's think it's kind of like one of our biggest uh, tailgating tips is that we believe that just because tailgating is simple, it doesn't mean it has to suck. So oh, we, man. we try to bring on these like really crazy bougie type foods. Yeah. But we cook them the night before so that we can hang out and then we're just kind of like reheating them over yeah. the open fire. It kind of cuts down all the stuff that you have to bring to the tailgate. Oh, I'd be a mess but, if I had to cook yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, but it today. makes you look so good when you show up to the tailgate and you're you're bringing out pork belly. Yeah. Um, you like barbecue a lot. You're an East Carolina guy, so man, you I'm, have to. I'm North Carolina barbecue. Man. I'm North Carolina barbecue. Now, I'm sorry. Anybody North Carolina barbecue in here? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'll eat it. Man. I'm going to change yeah. your opinion today. I mean, I'm not saying I won't like it. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I won't like it. I just... Did you have a hard time in, in Dallas trying to explain to people what Carolina barbecue was? I, I did, man. I had... I really had fights. I had fights defending North Carolina barbecue. And it's, oh, it's just vinegar. It's just vinegar on meat. I'm like, no. Nah, so funny, funny story about that. When I moved, I'm from Philly, um, and I come down here and to open a restaurant, and uh, my friends were like, have you ever had Carolina barbecue? I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking Texas style, because up in Philadelphia, the prominent in New York, and the prominent sauce you'll see is that red, thick sauce. Um, so I had it at a duck through, which is a shitty little stop and rob. Um, and I was drunk and I had like six of them, man. And it was all the way. What is all the way? Um, coleslaw and coleslaw. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some, I, I can't remember what all the way. So she was like, you want all the way? And I was like, hell yeah. What does that mean? So 
Yeah, all the way for me. You, you even you add the the pork and beans. I like to put the pork and beans on top of my barbecue I had that and one. the no, coleslaw. I don't, I don't mix don't all do that. that. I don't, you don't mix I don't, it. I don't, no, I, I you're a purist. The sandwich and the meat, man. The bread and the meat. I say it's gotta I be. Oh, I don't put the coleslaw on it. None. Of it. What kind of bread do you like? The Hawaiian rolls or do you like uh, oh, Hawaiian rolls, man? No, that's the best. Man, you get Hawaiian rolls is, oh my god, that's goat magic. rolls. I Y'all get me hungry now, man. I love it. Good. Well, good, because we're going to be you. eating I mean, pretty soon. I just, I'm, I'm not in... There's Texas barbecue that I've eaten, and it's been pretty good, but you can't, you can't beat that. So when you do the Carolina style, it, it, it's really about technique, because if, if you're just doing meat and bread, that meat better be cooked right. It better be cooked right, but, but here's, here's why... I have my own logic or reason or philosophy of why I like Carolina barbecue better. See, when you come to North Carolina and you say, I want a barbecue sandwich or a barbecue, everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. But if yeah. I go to a Texas barbecue place and say, can I have some barbecue? They're going to look at you like... You don't know what, yeah. Barbecue what? It means a lot. So here it's a noun, there it's an adjective. <laughs> it's true, man. It's, it's an adjective. Like, yeah. Barbecue what? And then they, like... I'm going to steal that. I like that. But, but it is. It's like, here it's a noun. Like, you can say, I want two barbecues. And they know what you're talking about here. Mm -hmm. But there's a place in, in... It's Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. It's called Rudy's. You've mm -hmm. heard of Rudy's? Mm -hmm. So it's the famous barbecue out there. So I went in there one day, my first time in Rudy's. And I'm like... Um, they did have chopped barbecue in there, okay? So I said, can I have one of those barbecue sandwiches? And then the guy just stared at me. So I'm like, I'm like, this fool don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like, <laughs> but I didn't understand that it, it, it switches when you cross the state line. And um, I didn't know until I moved down here, man. They have like baked chicken out there. And if it's sold at a place that sells Texas barbecue, that's called barbecue. I'm like, how is baked chicken barbecue? Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm on the same page. Anything on that. that's cooked on a grill is barbecue. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to Los Angeles, you know, you can put shrimp on the on the grill. Oh, what you doing? Barbecuing? That's, no. You got barbecue no, you're, on the grill. No, you're grilling. Like, no, I'm grilling. I got shrimp on the grill. Yeah. That's all that's all that is. It's <laughs> it's not barbecue. So for me, it's like Everybody else doesn't make sense. North Carolina makes sense. Do you uh, do you tailgate at ECU at all? Yeah, man. Do you like A you, lot. do you like tailgating at ECU better than than Dallas? I like tailgating better at East Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pe pe East Carolina people know how to do it, man. Yeah. Right. What's uh, what's your favorite East Carolina rivalry game? Rivalry? Um, it was Virginia Tech when I played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah ever, but but now I don't even know. Until we start winning, we won't be able to have a rivalry. So you were the most accomplished linebacker, or probably defensive player to ever play at ECU. Um, do you do a lot of things with ECU still? Um, I got some things in the in the works, but I try to I try to help recruit players, get better players in there because that's. That's probably one of the main things that we need is um, um, getting just better, better, more productive players in there, and and uh, I think it's going to help the program overall. Right. You, you mentioned that your your one of your sons is playing for NC State now. Yeah. Um, now, does that make you like a full blown NC State fan now? Or no. I mean, I, are you conflicted with that? Did you want him to go to no, ECU? I mean, since since we since we've been real and we own 
What's the name of the show Drinking again? Bro Sports. Drinking Bro Sports. We, since we've been real, you know, <laughs> my son, Levi, is an outstanding linebacker in Texas. And um, Levi went to University of Southern Cal. So in, in, you know, in Los Angeles, there's a lot of things that are permitted that, that you can do that you can't do, you know, in a lot sure. of other cities. And so I felt like as a dad, it was time for me to intervene. And it was more important you know, for me to be concerned with his life rather than him being a football player. So right. sometimes you let them go, you let them follow their dreams, and then, you know, when they get out of hand, you got to reel them back in. So right. I reeled him back in, got him straight, and I'm like, no, you can't, you can't even go one hour away from me. It's, <laughs> it's 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and so he's doing great. He's, he's made the honor roll. He's doing good in football. So, I mean, it, it started out, you know, it started out good, ended up, you know, kind of shaky. But then, you know, I stepped in as a parent to bring him back in. You know, I, so. and, and having that you have that many children that are all pretty successful already, yeah. right? Um, you're obviously doing it right as a parent. I'm, I'm a father I'm trying, of three, man. but my kids are young. Um, so I'm not there yet. What, what have you done? Because a lot of, you know, a lot of parents, they live vicariously through their children. They ruin their lives. You know, I can imagine a football player, you know, trying to put that onto their children and then they come to, you know, they rebel or whatever uh, to go south. But you, none of your children have gone sideways. I didn't, I didn't want any of my boys to play football. Really? But I wasn't going to stop them. That's what okay. they wanted to do. Right. Um, you know, Zay, he didn't get recruited by anybody. So he's like, Dad, if I could just get a shot at East Carolina, I go play for him. So I said, okay, well, let's call Coach Ruffin, see if he likes what he sees. And I called him, sent him the film. Coach Ruffin said he looks like a joystick. <laughs> I want him. <laughs> and so, you know, nobody else recruited Zay. And um, he came here and he proved the nation wrong, just like he's going to prove the NFL wrong once they give him, you know, his legitimate shot. But anyway, um, I never wanted any of them to play. Wow. Because it's um, – the the game is it's it's changing every year and then mentally it just it just rips you up. It hurts you more mentally than it does right. physically. And that's why, just why is that? Politics and yeah, just the just the politics. Just like what Zay's going through now. Nobody nobody can figure out. Like you know, earlier this year we thought he was going to get traded from the Raiders. Um, if you go all the way back to the beginning of his career, you know he's with Buffalo. He's doing good. And, um, you know, they're playing Carolina. Then there's a pass that's thrown in the end of the game. He misses the pass. And then he can never recover from that, you know, from a perspective of where people don't look at you as a human being. They look at right. you as this outstanding athlete. You should have caught it. I don't care if it's thrown, you know, way over there. It's like you got to be Stretch Armstrong to just right. go get the ball. So he couldn't recover from it. Is that so, he couldn't recover from it or, or the – the people that are watching couldn't recover from it. Like, is it? I his? think the people couldn't recover from it, but he couldn't recover from it either because all of that pressure—the media, yeah. the social media thing, people on Twitter, social media, people coming at Twitter. you. So I tried to step in as a dad and fight those people, man. Yeah, and yeah, you I'm, cannot fight <laughs> Buffalo Bill fans. No, you, you just can't, can't fight you can't. them. They Bill's actually, uh, as, as we've learned from Buffalo fans, is they actually jump off of things to break tables. Yeah. Through tables, yeah. man. Oh man! So, uh, well, when you lose shit. four Super Bowls yeah. in a row, you do crazy stuff. Yeah. Do I've you heard, uh, so. do you tell him to stay off of social media? Do you tell him not? Um, to watch do you tell him not to do you not he's tell been, him not to watch the sports centers and the ESPNs? he's been he's been pretty smart i mean zay's one of those guys that he knows 
he knows what to do and he knows what not to do. He's he's grown mm-hmm. and he's um he's stronger mentally. Um, but um, it's it's just one of those deals where you know for my boys that I've always you know wanted to avoid for them. You know right. what I mean? That's yeah. that's probably yeah. it was never the physical part. The physical part of playing this game is nothing compared to the mental side of what they do. And so I'm not going to put it up now, but just a couple of weeks ago, um Zay had he got up one morning and he texted me and his his throat was sore and he was feeling like he's like I feel sick. He's like he's like pop I, I don't even know how in the hell you did this, you know, to be married and yeah. And, you know, having to manage a wife and then the kids and then and then go out here and play and then deal with these coaches. He's like, man, my hat's off to you. I love you. you know, <laughs> How did you do it? Like, what was your secret? You know, because a lot of guys fail at that. They, they do, man. I mean, I think because of my background and where I came from, you know, nothing could be worse. What was your background? You know, my mom was murdered by my dad when I was three months old. Oh so gosh. I got. I got to um, live with my aunt and uncle, and then my uncle murdered someone, so he what? goes to prison. So I was a, you know, product of a single parent all the way up until I'm about 14 years old. And um, how the hell did you rise above that <laughs> adversity, man? I, I mean, that, that I, is like I don't know. I don't even was know. was it a conscious decision that you made? Um, you know, I will say this: that um, you know, I'm not a religious person, you know, but I am a. I'm a good Christian guy. Sure. And when I say that, I say it from a perspective, you know, that I do believe that what you're missing in the natural, God gives it to you in the spiritual. Sure. And so I had a high school coach who adored me. Mm. And, um, you know, he paid for me to go to East Carolina. Now when you pay for a kid, you can get in trouble. <laughs> um, but he paid for me to go not to East Carolina, to Fork Union Military Academy. And um, I spent a year there, and obviously I got offers everywhere. And um, he just stuck with me throughout my career. Because you were an honor roll student. Uh, Yeah. Yep. After after I was honor roll. My first year, my first year at East Carolina. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna put it out there. Sure. I don't feel like I'm embarrassing myself. I think it's something that people can learn from. You know, my first year at East Carolina. I'm thinking because I watched. The Washington Redskins, Dexter Manley. I heard all the stuff about Dexter Manley. Like he made it to the NFL. He didn't, you know, he didn't do good in school, but they let him just get through. So I'm thinking I go there, I do what I want. So I hardly went to class. <laughs> didn't study, didn't do that, do anything. And I think, I think my GPA was a point nine. What? Yes. It was a point nine. Still better than my GPA oh. ever was, because I didn't go to college. And so, and so. And so I'm, I'm putting it out there because, um, you know, for, for me, that's when my coach came to me. I think Steve Logan, um, you know, and Bill Lewis, and it's like, if you do not get it together, we need at least a 3.0 for you to be eligible to just play or football's over. Yeah. So from that point on. It was game over. I mean, yeah. but, I mean that's Academically, that, I got my act together. But you, you know, the fact that you can get your act together and you can yep. turn it on like that and turn it off is pretty incredible. And then you come, you know, through all of that and, and you raise all these beautiful children yep. who are doing wonderful things in life and, and that are genuinely good people. Um, you, don't, you don't hear, you know, any negativity coming out of the Jones family. 
Uh, is that something well, you instilled in your family? Or, I mean, did you tell them, like, hey, you know. Well, they, they're normal. They're normal. And, and I'll tell you, we have experienced some negativity. So it would be negative from, from the fans' perspective because when you um, – Sorry, everybody's getting That's an okay. Amber Alert right now. Amber Alert. <laughs> See, like Amber Alert. Everybody's phones are going off at the same so time. So somebody tell Amber to shut calm. It would be negative from a fan's perspective. You know, um, I've always cautioned my boys in each, each, you know, step that they get, the older they get. I'm like, okay, here's what can happen. This is what can possibly happen. And so, you know, for Caleb – Zay and Levi, you know, they were the first three out of the house. And I'm like, you know, you know, generally women are not bad. It's just that, you know, when you put yourself in a situation and you when you put your when you see a bad situation, you put yourself in a in a situation where, you know, you tempt them, then, you know, things could things could trigger their minds and make them want to react. And so, you know, I just don't think everybody's bad. It doesn't matter what race it is. Sure. Um, you know, the, the thing that happened with um, Isaiah in, um, in Los Angeles is painful to talk about. But, you know, obviously everybody could tell that that was an issue where, you know, he was on something. Isaiah doesn't do drugs. Sure. sure. He, doesn't, he doesn't touch any drugs. I mean, he's like this... He's always grown up as this kid in between commercials. He's doing push-ups. He's a health nut. He's like, no, I don't want to eat bacon. I can't eat this. I have to eat this. I have to eat oatmeal. Like, he's still like that. And it's, it's just a daily regimen that he, he has for his life. And so you know, he's one of the ones. He, he was one of the kids of mine that when my wife and I, we wanted to go out, I left him in charge. I wouldn't even sure. leave my oldest son in charge. I'm like, okay, Isaiah's in charge. You understand? Now, if he tells me something different when I get back, somebody getting their ass whooped. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, well, th- th- that's, that leads me to one of the questions I want to ask yeah. you is, you know, during, during my research for you, um, I mean, you, you know, no disrespect intended, but it seems like you and your wife piss excellence. Like, these kids are amazing. Yeah, I mean, how, even, how, even, how even in their low, that? they're still pretty amazing. I want to know how to do that so my kids are excellent. <laughs> I mean, like, even in their lows, their, their lows are still pretty high. Like, you guys you know? wake up and eat thunder and smash lightning in the morning, you I, know? I think, I think we spend a lot of time with them, you know. Trust me, we've been threatened by our kids that, you know, we'll call, we'll call 911 and we'll call the cops on you. And so I would counter and I would say, I'll say, go ahead, go ahead, call the cops. You know what? They may put me in jail, but I guess what? They'll take you away from me and then they'll put you in a home yeah. and you'll be with about maybe 15, 20 kids. You'll be in a bunk bed. You won't live this lifestyle no more. Right. So right. you can, you, you, your choice. I remember That's my amazing. mom, I used to tell my amazing. mom, I'm, run, I, I'm running away. I'm running away, yeah. mom. She'd be like, okay. We've yeah. all done that. All right, because uh, like I, back I, back. I literally yeah. clean your room, make you food, give you rides to and where you want to go to, buy you all the stuff that you want to buy. <laughs> go ahead, run away and see what happens. And you get halfway down the block and you're I like, I made wow. my kids work, man. I made yeah. them. I made my boys do outside work. I mean, they had to rake leaves. I, you know, they had to mow lawns. They had to. It wasn't easy being my son. It wasn't easy being my daughter, um, because I want my boys to be able to fight and defend their family. And I want the girls that if they run up on a sorry dude, yeah. they can do it themselves. Right, right. Like they know. They <laughs> you know, know better. They can do it themselves. So I have a. <laughs> I have a strong daughter right now. Like, you know, she just had our first granddaughter. And, like, man, she will, 
she was working two jobs, wow. you know, pregnant all the way up until about two weeks before she had the baby and just busting her behind. It's like, she's like, she told her boyfriend, it's like, hey, look, you know, you going to do this with me? Well, I'll do it without you. Right, right. You know, I'm going to do it. Yeah, Bottom yeah. line, I'm, I'm going to do it. So, right. so I like that, and man. That's got to so, make you so proud. You know what I mean? Like, that's got to yeah, be every parent's it's, dream. But it's, it's tough when they're, when they're little kids because you, you know, you kind of remember them, you know, as those little kids. But mm-hmm. as they're going through it when they're little, you know, it's, it's, it's like um, you kind of feel bad that you're doing it to them. You know sure, what I mean? But, sure. Tough but love. Then it, you know but then mean? it makes them tough when they get older because you know they're going to yeah. get to that age where they're older, you know. I so, think society's missing a lot yeah. of that. Yeah, I think I think Soci- I- yes. I mean, they they took the belt and the switch out of the school, man. You can't do that. Like my principal <laughs> whooped my butt. I, I, you know, I, I, Joe and I were both uh, police officers. Um, were not we're not anymore, but we were police officers. I mean, I can remember so many times other parents calling nine one one on parents oh, that were that were spanking man. their children. Yeah. And, and when I get that, I'm kind of like, wow. Well, uh, that's great. It's awesome to see that somebody loves their children this much that they would spank them. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a, some it's of a my conflict. best memories were it's getting just, my ass beat. Listen, you know what I mean? let me tell you one quick story. I got my last spanking when I was 16 years old. <laughs> uh, I was, I had went, my dad said, you're not allowed to go hunting, um, without me. And my buddy came over and wanted to go shooting and not hunting. So we went shooting, um, shooting guns. And so I came home with my gun and my dad was at home he was a postman uh-huh. and he was sitting at home and he was sitting on the swing out on the front porch and I come up with the shotgun and he said uh, yeah I'm 16 years old he said I thought I told you that you weren't going hunting unless I was with you and I said well dad I didn't go hunting I went shooting and he's like oh that's not how we play this game he's like you want to play semantics right you want to play semantics he's oh, like you you're grounded you're, you're I'm taking this shotgun away you're, it's no longer yours and you're grounded for I don't know it was a long time a couple weeks well, anyway, prom was that, was, was coming up on that Friday, and I was grounded. And my mom took me out to go uh, get tuxedos and the cummerbund and the whole nine yards. And so we get the tuxedo and everything, and I come home, and I'm so proud. I'm like, Dad, check out this tuxedo. You know, I had, like, the seafoam green because it was the 90s, and the <laughs> seafoam green was, like, the cool color back then. And so I was like, yeah, check out this cummerbund, man. It matches. And I got the bow tie. It's going to be awesome. And he was like, oh, when is prom? And I was like, Friday. He's like, yeah, that's, you're grounded. You can't go to prom. And I said... Dad, come on, it's prom. I'm 16. Like, I have to go to prom. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 you're grounded. Well, I waited it out, and Friday came, and I'd already had a tuxedo because my mom worked at a, a funeral home. And so she got me a, a, a limo from the, uh, from the funeral home. <laughs> Still had the tissues and everything in it, little prayer books and everything. And uh, so I'm getting all ready to go, and my dad's like, what are you doing? I was like, man, I'm, go- I'm going to prom, man. Mom's, mom's, mom's going to let me go. And he was like, you're not you're not going to prom. I was like, so my mom was like, I'll take care of it. So my mom goes and she starts talking to my dad, but you got to let him go. You got to let him go to prom. So he says, well, tell him this, I'll let him go to prom, but he doesn't just get to miss out on punishment. So if he wants to go to prom, he can take a spanking and then he'll be off of being, how, how old were you? 16, 16 years old. So my mom comes in, she tells me, I'm like, no, that ain't happening. Like I'm not <laughs> getting spanked at 16 years old. So like it's 30 minutes before prom, the girls already showed up. I've given her a corsage and everything. And he, he gives me that pointer finger like, Come here. So we go out there and he's like, hey, I, I don't want to cause a scene with you in this tuxedo, but I'll promise you this. You won't walk out that door unless you've had a spanking first. And I was like, are you kidding? And he was like, I'm really not. And he was like, whatever you think is going to happen when you get out in that door, it will happen. I will make a scene in front of you, God, and everybody here. So I said, well, how do we do this? He says, you step out in the garage and I give you that spanking and then you go to prom. 
So I go out, I drop my tuxedo pants down. He makes me put my hands Bare ass. on the workbench. I had underwear. He went straight to that ass. Uh, and I had silk underwear on too, because you know See, it's I, 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 smooth. I want to I want to meet your dad. I want to meet your dad. <laughs> he had an agreement. Uh, he with did. You. He had it. And so he swatted me, uh, and that got me off of, of being just grounded. once. No, no, no. It was three. It was a fish fillet paddle, too. So it went straight to the bone. Um, and I don't think he was, his intentions were to hurt me or anything, but it was a lesson. It was, no, you pay, you did the crime, and you're going to do the time one way or that's the other. That's right. And that's, that's and how life is. It is. That's, so. that's what I would tell my kids. I'm like, that's how life is. It's like, you can't just do something and just get off. Go over here to your mom and just get off. <laughs> right, right, no, right. you're going to pay for it one way or the other. So getting, getting my ass beat actually led to me becoming a chef. Um, I grew up with a... Well, I'm never going to beat my kids then. A very strong. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. A very strong uh, willed mother, and um, she would beat me with a wooden spatula. And she went straight to my ass. And I thought, I thought that I was slick one day. I was like seven years old. So I took that spatula and broke the hell out of it. Took it up in the room. And I was like, fuck this spatula. And I broke it over my knee. And I was like, oh. I really messed up. So I know honesty was like a big thing in my house. So I, I, broke, I, I brought the spatula back down to my mom. I said, Mama, I, I messed up. I broke your spatula. <laughs> she said, it's all right. I got another one. She broke it out and beat my ass with that thing. And then I is started the cooking. Is that the same spatula you used to flip those lockers over there? <laughs> hey, have you ever had cowboy lockers before? Cowboy lockers? Lockers. Latka. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you've had a cowboy locker. A, co- <laughs> yeah. a cowboy latka is a smashed potato, essentially. Does no, latka mean something, Chef no, Joe? I've never had one. So latkas, uh, this is a play on a, a true latka. Noel, are you on right now? So um, potato pancakes is like a Jewish or Eastern European um, tradition, and it's usually made with shredded potatoes. But... In a previous uh, research and development that Eric and I did, I said, hell, let's smash some potatoes and put them on the griddle and call them latkes. So basically, they're seasoned in the seasonings that I talked about earlier. I used uh, the same um, meat rub for these potatoes, and I par-cooked them the night before, um, got them just slightly cooked enough where I could smash them. And um, season so, for, for, for those of you out in the crowd, what he's doing is he boils a potato. What are you using, red skin potatoes? Um, these are Yukon Gold. Yukon Gold. So, you take the Yukon Gold and you boil them just to the point where they're mashable, but you don't mash them. You, you take them out, I let them cool. Um, and then what I do is I lather, I let them get really warm. I let them cool until they're still warm. And then I lather my hands in butter, and then you smash them like a pancake. Oh, yeah. And you get them real nice and tight, just like you were playing with Play Doh. And you just throw them on the grill, um, or in this case, the griddle. Um, and, and, or you put the griddle on the grill mm-hmm. and then you put them on there and the smokiness from the grill and it basically makes a, uh, a potato pancake that we, that Chef Puhak calls a cowboy latka. So one of the, one of the cool no, things. I've never, I've never had one. Though. Oh, well, you're going to have You'll one today. Like it. And, and you know what? It's super simple to do. Um, and my kids love potato latkes. We, I do them all the time now. My, my wife, uh, she's a big so fan of it. She, she, no, 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 no. Uh, I learned whatever he's doing the night before, and then I go home and try to impress my wife with it. It's funny because he'll send me all sorts of pictures of, like, awesome things he's making, and, like, he'll tell me where he messed up or where yeah, yeah, yeah. he really, like, succeeded. But it's all where and... Chef told me. It's, it's <laughs> what the Chef Puhak told me. But I, uh, another great piece of advice that I ever got from, from my thing was don't say anything to your wife or do anything to your wife that isn't going to get you late at the end of the night. And if you always have that in <laughs> mind, you'll have a great marriage. So one of the things I do is I know that feeding my wife really good food will probably get me laid. So I try to make really, really good food and impress her to, uh, to get laid. Um, by, the way, the audience, about, by the way, talking about getting laid on a podcast doesn't get you laid, so I'm going to stop <laughs> yeah. no, right man, now. I just, 
Hey, she's smiling right now, though. Yeah, because yeah, she knows I owe her now. <laughs> I just do what mine say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever, whatever she say. Like, I'll be her sous chef or, <laughs> right? you know, when she say Nothing go, wrong with that. go so, to the grocery store and get us to do that. Like, I found it easier, man. I've been married for 28 years holy now. Holy cow, 28, yeah, 28 years. That's amazing. What haven't you accomplished in this world? Super Bowl champion, yeah. Yeah. crushing guys as a linebacker, married for 28 years, six awesome kids. Come on, man. you got to pat yourself on the you got to pat yourself on the back. I told you, he pisses excellence. Goodness gracious. <laughs> like, I want to be you right now. Like, man, this is what I want to be when I'm married for 28 but years. But it took me, believe it or not, man, I've only gotten it right in the last five years. Because oh, okay. for 23 years, man, I was just trying to, you know, when she said, um, can you give me a little hand in the kitchen? So I, I would think, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe I need to turn the light on in the kitchen. <laughs> so do you cook? But, um, but now what, what she means when she, when she asks for help is I'll tell you what I want yeah. and then you do it. Right, right. Without question. So I, I do that now. That way, man, it's it just been so much pleasant the last five years. It's like great. not a whole lot of fussing, you know what I mean? I, I go in the kitchen, and I'm just kind of like like this. I'll listen, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I won't say anything until she says, can you say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm like that now. Yeah, you guys you guys have any Christmas traditions that y'all do now that all the kids are? Because all your kids are out of the house, Probably right? Everybody probably does the same thing. We, we like getting it. In the PJs the night before Christmas, everybody's oh, like, Do you guys PJ do the matching thing. PJs? Because that is a big trend right now. Everybody's got matching PJs. It's kind of hard. It. hard for me to get some matching <laughs> I PJs. I did it. But, but they did have matching PJs on, yeah. especially uh, our granddaughter. Last okay. Night. So, I felt rather emasculated when I did it. You, that's right, because your family did the whole matching yeah. PJs, yeah. too. I'm not doing so, it. Where the I pictures? Did, I, I did it. But where did hey, that it's come on social I don't know, but I don't like it. You can see it. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. What did PJs It made my daughter and wife smile, so. So what? It made my daughter and wife smile when I did it. Um, <laughs> because yeah. I mean, growing up, we we didn't do that. See, growing no. up in 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 my house, and I told you part of my life, it was you know I was like a single parent, but at my house, you know, we put the Christmas tree up, man, two days before Christmas. Right. It's coming down Christmas. Thank you. Like That's on the, the, the twenty like fifth, on the twenty fifth. Of Christmas Day, that yeah. night it's coming down. <laughs> I'm with you on that. It's coming down. Yeah, that's how I grew up. But now, you don't do that now, do you? Oh no, now man, my wife, man, she's like that's up till January 31st. Well, <laughs> I, this is this is no yeah, that's how it is. This is no lie, and it's getting it's getting worse and worse every year. It's like we had, you know, September rolled around, and then my birthday September 27th, and so then she starts putting up. Halloween stuff. So I'm like, okay, so it's almost October, Halloween stuff. So right at about, right at about, it was, it was not even Halloween yet. And she's like, honey, can you go out and get the Christmas trees? And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, we ain't even had Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm like, we went past, we didn't even, we, we had Thanksgiving day, like I, I deep fried a turkey, you ever yeah. deep fried turkey? Oh yeah, oh, I think man, it's the best way to cook a turkey. Man. I deep fried the turkey. We had Thanksgiving dinner, but Thanksgiving, every Christmas decoration in our house was up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It was up. Women are crazy about it. My wife, uh, she woke me up, I guess it was uh, probably just before Thanksgiving, and uh, she woke me up, she gave me a massage. I was still half asleep. She gave me a back massage. It was awesome. Very nice. Uh, One thing led to another, of course. And then um, she gets done, and I'm like, wow, that was incredible. 
what I do deserve is she goes, uh, hey, is there a chance that you can pull all the Christmas stuff down yep. today? And I was like, oh, there it is. And of course I'm going to do that. I'll do anything. I'll do anything after no, that. I'll do I was anything. pulling Christmas stuff out in October, man. <laughs> Christmas stuff in October. Should be illegal. Like, Sounds like the nightmare like, before Christmas. Like my wife is like the Lowe's in the Home Depot store. Oh, you know how okay. you go into Lowe's yep. and they got Christmas stuff up yeah. in September? That's why they do it. Bastards. For what? To, for, because they know that it's going to rope these ladies in and you're going to be then, decorating then, your house in October. And then it's like there was, there was a... Uh, I think it was a, a 14. Y'all see the big Christmas trees in Lowe's and Home Depot? It, the big, the big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, They're like a thousand, so, they're like 1,800 yeah. bucks. So my wife was like, um, what are you doing today? And I'm like, I got, you I, come up with I, got something. A, I got a bunch of work I got to yeah. do. She's like, Stuff. okay, before you come home, <laughs> Lowe's has this Christmas tree <laughs> and it's, I think it's 14 feet tall. God. I want that. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, babe, you got two in the house. And she's like, yeah. That's about now to start an three. argument. So that's when I, I realized, I'm like, okay, you're about to start an argument. Just go get the tree and shut yeah. your mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what it did. Yeah. God bless. Uh, well, <laughs> man, I'm in so much trouble after this podcast. Um, I'm going to be having four Christmas trees next year for sure. Boston Joe, why don't you uh, blow us? Away with another sports update. <laughs> blowy uh, what with do we got Joey. Going on? Well, yeah, it's a little blowy with Joey. Boston well, Joe. Joe, what games we got coming up this weekend? Well, the biggest game right now, okay. as we know, are the Raiders and the Dolphins. Your son's okay. playing, but I'm, I'm dying to ask you. Your yeah. son's a playmaker. We saw the numbers yeah. he put up at ECU. He's a stud. Yes. As a viewer and as a father and watching, okay. is it just infuriating to see Derek Carr not get him the ball? Because I can imagine it must be, because I've been watching and he's just not doing it. I don't know what he's, what he's missing out on. Are you, are you ready to See, tell I'm a, Gruden? I'm going to answer that question like this. <laughs> and I'm going to make that Buffalo Bill fan back there mad. <laughs> if, if, we do have some Buffalo. We have more than one well, Buffalo I, I, fan I out there. I see him in here. I, I see a couple I've of Buffalo spotted Jesus, we're Buffalo heavy. I've already, I've already spotted them. If, if Josh Allen would have thrown him the ball like he's throwing Stephon Diggs the ball and he's throwing the rest. Like, Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in NFL right now. He's one of the best. I give that to him. If he would have thrown the ball, all he had to, because Stephon Diggs has dropped balls, you know. Uh, um, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley has dropped balls. All these guys have dropped balls, but they get enough thrown to him. Nobody thinks about the drop balls no more. So, you know, if you're only getting one or two throw on uh, one or two throws thrown at you, and then you drop one of them, mm -hmm. then it's emphasized more. So, yeah. it does frustrate me that he's not getting the ball more. You know, like Derek Carr's not throwing him the ball, but um, I I'm not gonna say anything <laughs> negative. Right now, because that's the team that he's on. How are the on. Raiders sitting right now? They need to win this game. They're fighting for their lives, and so yeah. are the Dolphins. So that's yeah. why it's a big matchup for both teams. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big matchup for both. So both need to, both need to win. But it it's it frustrates the hell out of me because when you watch, I mean, I think last week when they were playing, you know, believe it or not, Zay's open and he's looking for the ball. And then Mariota throws it behind him. And so he reaches back to try to grab it with one hand running in this direction. 
And Troy just kind of stepped in. And I'm like, man, I ain't even say nothing to Troy either. And Troy stepped in. And he took care of nephew. <laughs> he did. He took care of him, man. He's like, you know, that was just a bad throw that he threw behind Zay. And I'm like, man, these guys, when they get in trouble, they throw him the worst ball when they're in trouble. Like, they're desperate to get it out the hand. Then they throw him the worst ball or they never throw him. And then for the next three or four plays, he's open. They don't throw the ball. And then... You know, these guys try to squeeze the ball in with their four defenders. Um, and I think a big thing of why Buffalo is successful, um, one of the things is is that if you take a look, um, Brian Dables is the offensive coordinator, I think. Brian Dables was on the sideline, Zay's, um, his first year there. He was on the sideline. It is very hard for a coach to call plays and see the field on the sideline. You look, at the, booth is better. you look at the successful coaches that have the successful defenses and offenses, um, it, it is not Buffalo's defense that are – they're playing good, but it's not the defense that's holding them in the game. Buffalo going to score some points on you. Yeah. They're going to score some points. I think Brian Davis is a good coordinator, but now being in the box, he's able to see the field. He can understand. So he don't have to get on the mic and ask a guy what did he see. He can call what he sees. Gotcha. Well, if, since we're talking more about the, the Bills over there, I'd love to bring up a play that you were semi-involved in with uh, Mr. Leon Lett. Oh. oh. So I know the Bills fans are awfully quiet now when they bring Mr. Leon Lett up, but, <laughs> I mean, you were, you were right there on the field watching that happen. Did you yep. see that ahead of time coming? Were you like, uh-oh, uh-oh? When Leon Lett um, just fumbled the ball? Right at the goal line, yeah. holds it out. Just Bills, have always had, Bills have always had guys that were, you know, just kind of like those blue-collar workers. It's a blue-collar work, working, um, you know, city, town. And so those guys were just hard workers. And, um, you know, Leon just thought he had it made. And, and if you can see, he was trying to do what Mike Irvin used to do. Mm -hmm. Mike Irvin used to take the ball, hold it in one hand, and he had such big hands, he could grip it and put it across the line. And then he would, you know, it's just kind of like his style. So Leon was just trying to imitate Michael Irvin, and um, got it knocked right out of his hand. So, yeah. so you're blaming Michael Irvin for the Leon Lett play? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm how, not, how would Michael Irvin feel I'm not, about that? I'm not, blaming Michael, I'm not blaming Michael Irvin because, I, you know, Michael Irvin played that position. He was good at that position. But, you know, Leon, you know, he's, what, 6'7", 6'8", yeah. 310 little, little pounds trying though. to run across the line like he's a wide receiver, you know. I wouldn't have done that. I would have just been holding on to that thing, man, for like dear life, <laughs> you know. So I let did. me ask you something else, too. So yeah. you come into the league, you win Rookie of the Year, you win a couple Super Bowls three and mm -hmm. four years, right? Mm -hmm. So you didn't really deal with adversity early on in your career, but you right. dealt with it early on in your life. Do you feel like the stuff you had to deal with early on helped you when you did finally kind of get a punch in the jaw later on. I think it did, man. For me, again, it's like nothing could get worse. It's like, you know, um, I think the bigger thing for me was is that I grew up in an environment where nobody liked football, believe it or not, meaning my family. So I never, I played in three Super Bowls. I never had a mom or dad that came to a Super Bowl and watched their son play. That is intense. Um, Did you ever hold on to that? Like, were you ever sad the day of oh, those games? Absolutely, man. I've like high school football games on parents' night. I didn't have a parent to walk out wow. with me, you know. So I had to sit on the sideline um, while the other seniors walk out with their parents. College senior night, 
when parents walk with you on the field, like I walked with Zay on the field on senior night, I didn't get to do that. Yeah. You won't find any film, you know, or anything where I took a picture with my mom and dad, right, right. you know, on the field. So um, normally people step in and help you, but, you know, the background of where I came from, it, 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 it wasn't that they didn't care. I learned, I learned late on in life that, um, you know, the mentality that you couldn't get anywhere playing football. You ever watched the movie Fences? No. With Denzel Washington? Not Anybody right. watch the movie Fences? You go watch that movie, man. Okay. It's it's almost like it's like a um, it's like it's my life. I almost feel like Denzel them. Somebody <laughs> found that, you know, and wrote that story. But I'm I'm probably gonna sue him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't sue him. But you him. know, no, I ain't gonna sue him, man. Um, <laughs> but Fences, Denzel played a a dad that you know. He thought that having a job at the local grocery store was the right thing to do. Um, and his son wanted to be a football player, wanted to be an athlete. And he told me, he said, you can't get anywhere by playing football right. in the white man's world. So it's, it's, uh, it's, a, sad, it's yeah. a sad story, but there's some redemption in there. Right. Um, but that's how it was for me because when, you know, when my dad got out of, out of prison, um, I, you know, I literally sometimes had to sneak and go practice football. I had to lie and say I was at study hall or stuff like that, you know, just so I can I can practice. Golly, yeah, man, that is. I, but I feel like that should be a movie. Um, and who would play you in your? Who would movie? play you in the movie? Denzel sounds like a good pick, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you're intense like Denzel. So, so. Can I, can I eat, man? Or yeah. You do whatever yeah, the hell man. you want, yeah. man. Well, you, you know, um, I always say you're not a real food unless you take a picture. So I always have to stop and take a picture of my food really quick. Um, Chef Puhak, tell us one more time what we're eating. By, by the way, for the listeners out there, Chef Chef Puhak just brought us this uh, you, this you plate. Everybody out there something? Yeah, everybody <laughs> tailgating getting us. a little food so today. The, the main dish is going to be cowboy crack, pork belly burn ends. And I'm calling them crack because they're that good. That's Allegedly, good, crack is good, so I, I just went with it. And then uh, oh the smashed God, potato latkes so um, with uh, Chef Joe's meat rub. So it seems like a lot. You know, it's not much of a plating, but, it, I mean, we're talking about tailgating. Sloppy, delicious, hearty. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, time of year, I want it to be warm, stick to your bones, goodness. So here we go. That's so good. Did you, get the, did you get a selfie with everybody eating? Oh, man. He does a selfie with us all eating. You wouldn't his eat food. this before a game, though, right? No, I probably. Wouldn't. <laughs> oh, that brings me to another thing. While you're eating, um, did you when you were playing at Dallas and, and you're driving, you're getting off the highway, coming to the game? Um, did you? Did, could you smell the tailgate food? Could you see the tailgaters? Or did you all come in from the back? No. You know, sometimes um, we could smell the tailgate food. I tell you, when I played. The place where I smelled tailgate food the most was Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Green Bay. Yeah. Tell wow. me about it. Because you, when you, when we drove into the um, the stadium where the buses go, you drive through the tailgate. So you see the big kettles, and mm. I think they had like soups and all kinds of stuff. And um, you know, that food you could smell yeah. now. As a parent, I went to a Buffalo game. Okay. So I got to tailgate with the with the Bills and um, break some tables. Were they, as cra- were they as crazy as everybody says they are? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. You Good know, for them. I do remember 
one time my wife and I, we went, we went with all the kids once and then we went back by ourselves. And um, we were on the plane and we were headed to Buffalo and she's like, I don't know what the name of that, that little, that little stand is, but we got to go there and get one of those Polish sausages. We got to get one of those sausages. So we were just on the plane thinking about the sausage <laughs> for the tailgate. Now, couldn't, do you, do, when you couldn't wait. I wouldn't even eat that morning, man. I'm like, no. I'm waiting till I get to the tailgate. <laughs> you got to wait till I get to the tailgate. <laughs> yeah, I'm wait till I get to the tailgate. I'm going to get me two of them. Let's, let, hey, let's get that uh, food selfie. I want to get that in. Yeah, we'll look that way. He's going to get a picture of us really quick. Last time I was making a ridiculous face. Yeah, I zoomed in on it. Your regular face? I'm going to continue to do it, too. Well, listen, back, back in your day, the Steelers were probably your biggest rivalry, were, were they not? Was um, that? Played them in one Super Bowl. Ain't that right, Buddha? <laughs> Our production oh. manager is a big Steelers guy. His middle finger's up. Uh, did you see that? He who who you was right your off. big rival back then? <laughs> who, who, did, who did you wake up wanting to crush, wanting to play? Rivalry. It was home. personal to you. For me, it was the Redskins. I the Redskins? Play, I wanted to play the Redskins, yeah. Can't call yeah. them that anymore. We can't. It's our podcast. We can say whatever we want. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, wanted to play, want. I wanted to play the football team. The football team, yeah. <laughs> All of them. I mean, that division was tough back then. Yeah, like, I mean, football was tough back then. How do you think football players now, like, when you're talking about the politics of football and everything, like, the politics now in football is so, do you think it's more or less or just different? Um, do you think it's hard for players to get past that? Or, they, or is it easy for them to get past that? They just, you know, they don't look at, again, I'm a sports, I'm not a sports guy looking in. So uh, for me, you know, I, I have no idea what the players go through or they don't go through. But what do you think on that? Do you think it's harder for them to ignore the politics these days in the game? Um, or do you think it's more in their faces? You know, is it more of a distraction now than it was back in your day? I think it's more of a distraction, but I also think this game, you ever, you ever ask yourself why these guys hurt all the time? Why they hurt all the time? The gladiator sport. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, especially now. And they're faster. Do you Huge. think? Do you think that as you go back the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, and when you get to the 60s, they weren't even playing, playing with face masks. Right. Um, so you think the game was more physical then, or is it more physical now? See, I don't know. I, I'm a, a rugby player. I played rugby for a very long yeah. time, and there's no pads involved in rugby, but I think that rugby players get hurt a, le a lot less often a lot less. than other players. And I think it's because, one, it being your size, if you and I were playing rugby, yeah. You running at full speed, even hitting somebody like me, is good. still going to hurt you from hitting me that it's, hard. It's going um, to hurt. When like, you have to wrap up, when you have to open those arms and allow your nose and your face. So even you running across the field full speed or, or me running across the, full, uh, the field full speed playing rugby, I have to back off because I know the harder I hit this guy, So you eh, think the that the pads too. give like a, another uh, level of impact? Our helmets, so. for sure. I mean, come on, man. Those guys are like flying torpedoes. Yeah, the yeah, helmet's yeah. a weapon. And I think that if you have guys who don't have good fundamentals, who don't wrap up properly, which a lot of the guys don't nowadays, they go for that big well, hit. Well, even when you can wrap up and, and you're a good fundamental, like, a good rap, like Troy Palomalo, for example. Troy Palomalo can wrap up just as good as anybody else can, if not better. But oftentimes, he would run across the field like a, you know, full mad speed, <laughs> madman. And at that point, you, like, it's... Unrealistic to think that you're going to open your arms yeah. and absorb no. most of that contact when you can just clam up and throw your whole entire body. I don't know get up after And Troy Palomalu got knocked out tons of times or, you know, like hurt his head. Oh, <laughs> I think there's two things that contribute, which is why I asked the question. Go ahead. Um, you know, 
Number one, I think in the offseason, they do too much. Okay. I think it's too much. That's why it's called an offseason. Right. So I think these guys need, you know, rest because it's essential to, you know, a player recovering, his body's recovering. Even though he may not feel tired, his body just went through a lot with 16 regular season games. Mm -hmm. And then the ones that are fortunate get, you know, the playoff games and then the Super Bowl. So it's a lot. The second thing is, is that when I first started playing football, I was taught that you go full speed until the whistle blows. I would always tell Zay, I'm like, when you blocking, I said, you know the receivers that get hurt the most? The ones that get hurt the most is that they don't go full speed all the time. When the ball snaps, everybody on the field, and you'll find guys that maybe if the plays are way over here, Guys over here, more lackadaisical attitude. You have to go 100% every single play. I'm like, when you're blocking, keep your feet moving. Just chomp your feet. Just keep them moving. 100 miles an hour until the whistle blows. The game has gotten so much now to where when you get to a quarterback, you have to stop going 100 miles an hour and then pick a part of his body that you have to hit and you may not be hitting 100 miles an hour. You may be hitting 75 or 85. Right. It's like they've slowed the game down because they want to make it more finesse because they're trying to protect people. But when I played the game, there were less people getting hurt. There were less people getting concussions. You do your numbers. You do your stats. Sure. You do your homework. I totally agree you with know, you. People I think the went full speed back then. Right, the spike right. of uh, what does CTE stand for? Um, I don't know. Anyways, the, it's basically like concussion syndrome, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like the spike of that and then with some uh, prominent players, you know, losing their mind and unfortunately killing themselves or other people. And I right. want to I, I say the executives probably looked at it like, shit, we've really got to take care of these guys. But you know what? And I, I say in football, um, and this is something I learned in, in, in my time spent in special operations in the Army and then as being a cop. I mean, there is a point when you've made up your mind of what you're going to do. Yeah. And it takes your time. It takes your mind time to process away from that. So if you're, if you're a linebacker and you've got your eyes set on a quarterback, your mind is set that you're going to hit that quarterback. Smoke his ass. And sometimes when he throws the ball, it, the time that you need for your mind to say, no, I need to back off of this guy, it doesn't work that way. That's not, it's not logical. It's That's, not those how are the your guys mind works. Get hurt. And you can't. Because they're going too hard. No, it's because no, they try to back off. And then you'll pull up. Yeah. And that's when you your knees up. go out. And or... you may have somebody else that's still going 100 miles an hour. Sure. The guys that get hurt are going halfway. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys that get hurt. Okay. Where do you see the sport going, going from here? Do you, do you see them reducing pads? Two-hand touch. Just... Yeah, you don't think yeah. there's ever any? Well, they do that with the quarterbacks anyway, right? Yeah, two-hand touch. It's, it's um, I mean, I hate to say it, and I understand that. You know, concussions are, are very serious. I'm not overlooking that. But, um, you know, when you play that game, that's what you sign up for. It's a, yeah. It's yeah, a warrior-type you know, I mean, sport. Yeah. 
Um, and they, they try to bring that over into rugby right now. And, and I think a lot of people, I mean, I, I don't know, only because in my circle we're all rugby fans, a lot of people go over to watching rugby and, and appreciating rugby a lot, a lot more these days just because it is more old school, that football. There's no running out of bounds. Um, there's no protecting anybody. Everybody's the quarterback. Everybody's the receiver. Everybody's getting hit all the time. And, and kind of one of the things, and I think that, that motivates, especially in your era of football, um, when you look at Troy Aikman and you look at some of these other guys, from that, that era, like they almost took pride in how tough they were. I mean, Brett Favre and those guys, I mean, they took pride coming out of those games, having been smashed several times and being able to walk away, walking yeah. away with bloody noses. Now if a quarterback's got a bloody no, nose, different, you know, he's, out, he's out for three, three weeks. He's out for three weeks. <laughs> so I'm, not, three. I'm not overlooking What's the worst? What's the worst man. you've ever taken? What, what, the one guy that you didn't want to line up, was there a single guy that you didn't want to line up in front of that you're like, fuck, I don't want that guy to get the no, ball? No, see, the guy that I didn't want to play against, it, it wasn't because he was physically – you know, better, better or, mm-hmm. or tougher. It, it was more that he could, he could cause you to lose your job. Okay. I mean, that was Barry Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to love big physical running backs, you know, mm-hmm. the Barry Words, the Christian Okoye's, the, um, the ones that ran you know, at you. Yeah. The run, the ones that ran at me. So I'm like, it's mono a mono. Like, yeah. you know, we're going to see if who's a man in this mm-hmm. one right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but Barry Sanders, he'd run up in the hole, he'd back up, he'd go over here, he'd back up, he'd circle around here. Right. He'd make you tired, and then he'd run past you for a touchdown, and then mm-hmm. next thing you know, three people fired after that game. <laughs> in today's NFL, who do you think is the closest to Barry Sanders? Is there anyone that you think that you watch that you're like, that guy's got Barry in him? Oh, uh, well, I don't know if there's anybody close to Barry, but I'm going to tell you somebody that I like playing. And, you know, I may get yelled at and fussed at for this, but... I think if they didn't have him, I don't think their team's that good. And that's Tyreek Hill. Oh, okay. oh Tyreek Hill. I mm-hmm. think if Patrick Mahomes does not have him, I think Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. is still a great quarterback. Sure. But they don't win as many games. He opens sure. things up for people like Travis yes. Kelsey. And that's for sure, right. For sure. He takes the top off. I mean, that's he's right. faster than everyone else he's, on the field. He's, so. just, he's just lightning fast. He's, and he's special. Um, you have to respect him wherever he lines up on the field. And um, I think it's just giving, it's just giving Patrick Mahomes, you know, more options. I mean, Patrick Mahomes can run the ball, you know. Obviously, he can throw the ball. But when you got a guy like that, that takes the attention, you know, where you got to either roll coverage, you got to double, you got to kick it to his side or whatever, um, you know. Then it leaves guys over here one on one. It makes it easier for a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Then you got to sure. try to stop the guy in the backfield yeah. who's running the ball. And they just well, picked listen, up Le'Veon. I, you know, we're going to close out this podcast here shortly. Um, I'm going to ask probably my favorite question of the night uh, in just a second. Before I do that, though, I'm going to – we got some sponsors that pay for this show. That's First right. being Deep River Brewing Company, uh, delicious beer that we – that is – that's yes, right. yes. We've got a lot of Deep River fans in here today. Uh, not only is it beer that's good to cook with, it's oh, beer that's man. great to drink I, with. I've had a hell of a time cooking with it, man. It's been so much fun because you, is, you uh, make good dishes out of, out of a drink, you know? It's, uh, yeah, and I know, I'm a big part, uh, fan of that, too. Like, if, if you're going to make a wine reduction, if yeah. you're going to do something, use good wine, right? Quality, yeah. You know, it's like you wouldn't wash your car with crappy car soap because yeah. then your car's really not going to get I that had clean. This, so this why mean use ass shitty chef wine? I did an apprenticeship with, and he... 
he talked like this, and he said, "Why, if you won't fucking drink it, why the fuck would you cook?" With right, it? and I and I'm totally I'm, I'm I'm for that. It's like washing your car with mud, right? You wouldn't do it, uh, so don't cook with shitty shitty wine. So Deep River Brewing Company, uh, thank you guys so much for sponsoring us and, and for providing such great beer. Uh, I probably had too many this afternoon. Um, right. uh, our next sponsor is Instill Distilling Company, uh, makers of the finest rum in North America, winners of the gold in the John Barleycorn Awards. Yes, right. there's some Instill fans out there as well, and uh, you know. Just if you get a chance to, to come out and find their rum, you should. Also, Matthew Motors, the walking man's friend locations. Uh, it's a car dealership located in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Goldsboro? I always get Greensboro and Goldsboro mixed up. Goldsboro. And, of course, Clayton, North Carolina. So thank you so much to Matthews Motors and whiskeyware.com. That's whiskeyware, W-A-R-E, makers of uh, customizable premium whiskey glasses. You can get anything you want on these. Matter of fact, there was a girl the other day that ordered one for Christmas that said fuckers on it. Um, Fuckers. When asked asked why, she said, because I like to say I'm drinking fuckers. So uh, she decided to pay the $20 and have that put onto a glass. Listen, it's not what I would have on my glass, but the point is you can put whatever you you want on it. Um, so my last question of the night, and then I'll send it over to you, Joe, in Boston, Joe, and you guys can ask whatever you want, but my last question of the night is uh, quarterback that you've, you know, because you were a headhunter. I mean, that's that's what a linebacker is, right? Uh, I know that you play a very nice person here on this podcast, a very humble man, a humble parent, but uh, in reality, in your past life, you were a headhunter, a murderer on the field, so to speak. Uh, was there a particular quarterback that you just enjoyed like a lion in the grass he was your elk your wounded your wounded deer is there any particular that you loved and wanted to take their heads off oh or man was, I mean there's a couple but oh a couple would come on no, we got all day tell us about it I'm like like I mean he's, give us one give us a scenario where you just where you just where you felt like this is why I was put on this earth yeah was there a particular game, a particular quarterback savage. where you were like... The game was San Francisco. San Francisco. It was, it was Steve Young. Like, like Steve Young. Like, I hated him, man. Oh, was there a particular reason? Because he, he was just good. Because he's good. Okay. Yeah, All right, fair just, enough. He was just good. And he was left-handed. And he used to run that left-handed boot and come out there. And sometimes he'll run it. I'm like, I'm in position to intercept the ball. And then this fool runs the ball. Yeah. Right? And then he ducks so you can't hit him. And I'm like... I'm down there talking about his mama and everybody else. And you were like, talking about his mama. Man, just, to his face, could he hear I mean, you? He he's a good could, Mormon. But he wasn't the type of guy that was like that he stuff didn't, didn't face him. He man. Didn't it's care. like he did. He didn't care. I'm like, I know. bet you guys say some savage shit. And believe when you're it or not, up. Jim Kelly and I were friends. We were friends. Oh, Jim uh, Kelly. Yeah. So Jim, Jim and I were friends. It's like, I, honestly, I used to tailgate with him. Okay. Yeah. So damn. So I wasn't, I mean, Jim was more of a guy that could stay in the pocket. He wasn't going to run, so we weren't worried about that. Right. He was just going to stay in the pocket. I'm like, right. that's why he was my friend. You yeah. stay your ass right there. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Throw the ball. <laughs> you know, but the guys that Randall Cunningham, I hated him. I hated, I hated Randall, and I hated Jeff Blake. I mean, Jeff Blake, I probably, I probably said too many bad words. I can't even. Really? I can't even. I can't mention. even picture you saying a bad word. Oh, man. I was, you did. Give us an I example. Was, I was bad, man. Were you bad? Well, oh, you gotta be. You gotta be. When got you're, that, you got that little kid in here. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his football too. I'm like, yeah. No, well, listen. Yeah, wait, like, warriors do warrior things. Said, warriors do warrior things. A lot of bad words, man. Who did you like to talk crap to the most? Now you've got me feeling bad about swearing because it's a little child in the front. Uh, so I'm gonna have to say words like crap. Um, crap. Who 
who was your favorite to talk crap to? Or did you talk crap straight I to did, anybody? I did. I talked. I mean, believe it or not, um, the latter part of my career when I was with the Dolphins, I mean, I talked crap to Fred Taylor. <laughs> um, I think I hit Fred Taylor one time, and I'm like, just say it. Oh, man. Earmuffs. Earmuffs that child. Earmuffs that child. See, y'all want some real football yeah. talk? Hell yeah, yeah, we want some real football talk. This is Drinking Bro Sports. You put earmuffs on that child. You guys are so inappropriate. <laughs> one time I hit, I hit Fred Taylor, and, and uh, it was obviously at the Jacksonville, Jacksonville sure. versus Miami game, and they okay. beat the crap out of us. And so well, when I hit him that time, I'm like, somebody come get this bitch now. Yeah. <laughs> what does he say? What is, uh, is he just like, he doesn't, like, he doesn't say nothing, man. He's like, because <laughs> he's trying to breathe. Yeah. He said, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I did that to a lot of guys. Any way I could find a way to just get in their head. And once I got in their head, um, it you was, lived there. You yeah, decorated. Yeah. What was your favorite? Was your, was your favorite lining up a quarterback or was your favorite just, uh, you know, picking up on a screen on time and destroying that? What was your what was your one thing that you were like, please just give me this? Oh, I, was, I go to bed dreaming like that the night before a game every yeah, week. Yeah. I'm like, I just I just want to I want to pick, run it in in the end zone. OK. And, and you know what? I did get it. Yeah. You know, one or two times. Sure. Um, it was actually. I was with the Dolphins. We were playing the Raiders. I actually sent a picture to Zay to show him. I'm like, I got a touchdown versus the Raiders now. You need to get a touchdown versus the Dolphins. Pick six, right? But Amazing. I, it, was, it was a pick six. It was Did you have an end zone dance? I didn't. You didn't even think dance. about it. Is that your only one? I couldn't dance. That was my only touchdown. I had a couple of picks, but I, that was my only touchdown. I was more of a, um, you know, a guy, man, that was tackle to tackle, you weren't going to run the ball type of linebacker. I yeah. was a throwback linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking trash talk. You played with one of the best trash talkers ever in Deion Sanders, no? Deion, you know what? Deion didn't talk trash. Just off, off he, the field with the cameras in his face? At the, at the cameras. <laughs> when Deion, one of the things I like about Deion is that um, he demonstrated a work ethic on the field during practice. Him and Mike Irvin used to go at it, man, oh, all the time on the field. That's practicing. quite a matchup. And um, I think that's what made them great. But Deion didn't talk trash in the game. He was encouraging. I mean, okay. it, he's the type of guy, he just knew the game, he understood the game, and I loved it. What was it like working with Troy Aikman? Because you worked with Troy Aikman, right? Troy was quiet. Okay. Troy, Troy's name, Troy used to call me Big Bad Bobby. Oh, really? So, and, <laughs> and today when we do the Cowboy reunions, he's like, Big bad Bobby. <laughs> yeah. So um, you like watching him on TV? I do, man. I get, I get a, you know, his first year doing TV, he wasn't that good. Um, you know, then obviously he got some, uh, got some training. And now he's yeah. great at it. He's great at. What do you think about the uh, the potato latkes, the cowboy latkes that Chef Puhak yeah. prepared for us today? Well, you look at my plate. Oh uh, yeah, it's completely empty. I told yeah. you I'd change your. I'm opinion. the only one that didn't finish. So, so I know you. I know you. I didn't like it, man. I wouldn't like it. You know, just <laughs> if you'd have had a North Carolina barbecue sandwich in this plate, I probably would have chosen. Listen, it. I uh, might have my, to write a recipe for you. One of my buddies makes a, uh, and, and Chef Puak and I both know this guy, and, and he owns a food truck called Carolina Braze. He makes a pork belly BLT, 
And so instead of bacon, it's pork belly. Instead of lettuce, oh. it's uh, coleslaw. And instead of tomato, it's a fried green tomato on Texas toast. And uh, I love pork belly. But this right here, uh, it was simple. It was amazing. The right. potato latkes, it Thank just you. goes so well together. I f you know what I mean? And I think that's what a tailgate's all about when yeah. you have the food. It, it's it's got to be simple, right? Because it's a tailgate. We're not, <laughs> we're not Ruth's Chris. Well, you know, but it doesn't have to suck. We say something similar every episode. You know, I, I want to fire you guys up and like... Why? Why should you make like shit ass grilled cheese and you know some nonsense? Look who's calling me. You know. Oh, what? The head coach from Texas A&M is. If you Facetime him. No, I'm not gonna Facetime. <laughs> Put him on blast. I'm calling back. You call it. You're calling him back on our behalf. Amazing. Aww. We're important, Joe. Can we? Can we ask why? He was head coach of Texas A&M. Then he was head coach of Arizona. Head coach of Arizona. Then he just got fired. I didn't want to say his name because I didn't know if we were, you wanted us to or not. Oh, but. Kevin Sumlin? Yeah. <laughs> um, no big deal. Man, I, talk, uh, I, talk to, I talk to him all the time. Most of them recruited my son, uh, my sons. Um, so I just keep a relationship with them you know, and just talk. Man, awesome, listen, man. we need to go and tailgate with you down at ECU. Maybe next year when uh, we're we allowed to tailgate, man. we'll come down there, we'll call you back, we'll get you back on the show, yeah. and we'll do a tailgate, and we'll make some Carolina barbecue for you. You know, you know what, man? I'm, I'm just waiting. I just want this pandemic, you know, to be over with. Yeah. I mean, let's, it's tough times, man. Yeah, it's tough times because I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the Christmas parties, and yeah. that's yeah. gone now. But the New Year's Eve party, yeah. And, like, man, we need some more fun in there. I know. Some more love. In I know. I'm we tired of getting get, those we, tests, we, man. We gotta take. We gotta turn the news off, man. I, I tell you what, that is the biggest Debbie Downer uh, right now. It's just turning on the news. They gotta come up with some feel good stories. No, they don't it, do it that is, anymore, man. man. It's like, they, no mean, more field goal. No more field. They cause divide. That's their I think only job. People do understand that, you know, the the pandemic is sure, real. Sure, sure. You know, but I mean, some of these places are are just overdoing it. Man. God bless, right? I mean. It reminds me of when the I, hurricanes I can, hit. Can anybody in here answer this? Go ahead. Because okay, I know you've all I probably can't. You've all experienced what I'm about to say. Okay. You got to have your mask on before you come in the restaurant. Sure. <laughs> but when you sit down and eat, you take your mask <laughs> hey, off. So when you're seated, tall. you're safe. The, the yeah. virus isn't smart enough to come Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, the, the virus is six feet tall. So it won't get yeah. you when you had to no, take No, 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 no. But when you leave, you put yeah, it back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hits yeah, you. you better put it back on. You got to put it back on. Yeah. You got to put no, it back look, on. No, look, it's it's all ridiculous. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of ridiculous things. But it reminds me of you know like when a hurricane hits here in North Carolina and you got that one reporter that's sitting in the ditch and he's like knee high and he's trying to pretend like the whole place is flooded and like somebody walks by up on the road and it's like toe deep. Do they I call mean, that fake like, news? It is I fake news. It's, it's crazy, right? Like I, in the '90s, we used to have news stories where like the squirrel was uh you know like they would have like the squirrel water skiing and people are like, why the fuck are you putting a squirrel water skiing yeah. on TV. Now I'm like, bring the squirrels yeah, back. Squirrel Where back. are the water skiing squirrels? Because those were feel good stories that I miss, and they just don't no, have them don't anymore. anymore. But uh, and, and and you know, that, I mean, I think that's why, you know, that's why I like you know, or football or in sports and tailgating, and and what sports and tailgating should get more back to is that that's an escape. That's your Sunday escape from the Sunday world. Escape, um, there like, should be zero politics. There should be zero zero anything. It should just be nothing about fun and entertainment and joy um, because we have to deal with so much crap during the week um, that, that football, they should, I hope they find a way to get back to where it's just football. Um, you escape the world. Literally. Escape it, right? Escape that, that's why we go to restaurants, that's right? That's why about, restaurants man. have themes because if you're in North Carolina, you don't want to go to the back porch Carolina place. You want to go to a place like Manning's where it's set up where you feel like you're in New York. Mm -hmm. You're getting out of Clayton, 
but you're still being in Clayton or, or you're going to the 42nd Oyster Bar in Raleigh and you feel like you're in New York. You know, yeah. you feel like you're at this really nice, you know, uh, fine dining restaurant. Actually, 42nd reminds me more of like Chicago cuisine yeah, yeah. in a weird way. But it's an escape, right? You know, a tiki bar brings you to the islands, you know, and, and football is kind of one of those things too. Where it's, yeah, where the it's pandemic's escape, got its hands in every angle. It really does. Restaurants. Sports. But not in our podcast, it doesn't. No, you're safe No, here. it doesn't. You're safe from all that bullshits here. <laughs> so, so are y'all protected, man? Meaning, meaning, um, the government ain't gonna come shut you down. The mayor or well, they, I don't can think they can try. Uh, they, they can't <laughs> shut down podcasts. YouTube. Um, by the way, this is where we get to the point of the show, which is a great leeway. Uh, follow us on uh, podcast, your favorite podcast app. Drinking Bro Sports is shadow banned on YouTube, meaning that they keep us very low, low down. Low key. Uh, we're not allowed to even swear for the first ninety seconds, no. or they don't show us at all. Um, I don't even know if we swore in the first ninety seconds or not because we don't care. Yeah, fuck uh, it. Podcast. <laughs> the podcast app is is where you know we get most of our viewership from. So please download us. Give us that five-star review that keeps us up in the analytics. Um, give us a little comment if you really care about us. We don't ask for money for our podcast. It's a free podcast to listen to. Drinking Bro Sports is six days a week uh, with um, sponsored by MyBookie.com. They've got um, all your betting analysis uh, with NFL starting on Monday. I think it's NBA on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Thursdays is U UFC. We're kind of the tailgate legend show, so we're kind of the more the fun, non-betting, non-sports related show. Also, Revel Nation um, and big props to Revel Nation, Joel Givens, and those guys. Uh, they've been hooking us up with a lot of athletes, Man. a lot of stars, a lot of legends to tailgate with. They're also dropping PlayU, which is a new social media platform, uh, minus all the bullshit. Um, it's going to be a real deal. Um, kind of, it's a TikTok. Uh, Twitter. I mean, it's, it's everything wrapped into one. I got lost playing on it for about an hour the other day. I had a lot of fun. I'm actually getting rid of all the uh, social media webs on my phone next week. Um, and I'll be switching over to uh, Play You and Review as well um, in January, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but we really do appreciate all of our sponsors, and we, and we appreciate all of our followers. And if you guys have anything that you want us to cook, if you have any specific game hit that us you want up. us to tailgate for, please hit us up. Yeah. Chef Puhak shares all of our recipes. You can follow him on Conspiracy Cuisine on Instagram and Facebook or just simply Chef Puhak. Send him a private message. He'll give you any of the recipes that we talked about today. It fires me up when, uh, you know, this week we're, we've been yeah. on fire with all the promotion we've been doing. And people are like, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. we love this. it. We Hit love it. We eat it up. up. I want to I know what you want me to make. Um, and, and follow us on Drinking Bros Foodies, Drinking Bros Pitmasters, Drinking Bros Sports, uh, Drinking Bros is a big community based. It's a veteran. It was a Drinking Bros was a veteran community. It's got about 16 million subscribers on on all their platforms. But Drinking Bros is that no man should ever drink alone, or woman should ever drink alone. And so mm -hmm. it's a it's a great uh, it's a great community. And there's a you know there's Drinking Bros cigar aficionados. Drinking Bros Wine Nerds, Drinking Bros Everything. I mean, literally anything. So, literally anything. And so, we're super blessed to be on their network as a podcast. Absolutely. Uh, we got Boston Joe over here. We don't want to forget about him. We appreciate Boston Joe, our producer, Noel White, production uh, production manager from Copper Still Records, Buddha. I'm not saying your last name. I'm not saying it. Um, I can either call you Buddha or Ski. What do you want? Buddha's fine. Buddha ski. We'll call you Buddha ski because uh, I like it. And by the way, Jesus is sitting behind you. We've had a Jesus at almost every episode. <laughs> we have right. one here tonight, which is amazing. That means we are on the Lord's team. That's good. And, oh, and look, Brian holds strongman. Professional strongman sitting back in the crowd. He's There's no back. way you're hiding because you're big as fuck, as we <laughs> mentioned on our episode that we had you on. So uh, don't even try to hide back there. Uh, Mr. Jones, thank you so much. I mean, gosh. Yeah, yes, sir. It means it, the absolute world to us. Ooh, oh, and shaking a hand. Missed that. I missed that. We haven't shaken hands. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, well, um, not the receiver that Zay is, not, <laughs> not by a long shot. Uh, but anyway, from Chicken Bro Sports, Tailgate Legends, Chef Puhak, uh, Boston Joe, Eric Tanzi. Until next time, guys, stay Thank hungry. You guys. Criminally delicious. Food was really good, man. Go Raiders. Let's keep it going, yes. guys. Make some people hungry. Yes.